Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast, dedicated to modern sales and marketing, innovation, and leadership. Here's your host, Ian Altman. Hey, it's Ian Altman, and welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. This week is a solo episode addressing your questions, and one of the most common ones I've received lately is, how can you best evaluate opportunities? These may be deals that have been sitting in your pipeline for a while. They may be relatively new. You may be just coming back from vacation and wondering, gee, which of these deals should I be pursuing and shouldn't I? Many forecasts are filled with hopes and prayers. What I mean by that is you are hoping that your prayers have been answered and the client decides to move forward with your products or services. The problem is that if you invest an equal amount of effort on every opportunity, then you are likely spending time on some deals that are just not worth your time at the expense of the ones that are a great fit for you. Often when I work with companies to help them improve their business growth, we need to do an honest assessment of what they currently have in the pipeline. Too often it's filled with fake deals. It's, it's not that they're fabricated. It's just that they have a likelihood of a deal happening that's quite remote, and we're missing key details. So to that end, what I want to do is I want to give you a framework that I use with companies to evaluate the deals and see where you should and should not invest more time. This will also put your finger on the pulse of which opportunities need a little more attention and which ones should be just handed off to your least favorite competitor and let them chase their tail around it. So if you don't already have it, create a list of your top six deals. If it happens to be five, it happens to be 10, that's fine. Create a list of your top six deals. I'm going to give you a list of questions to answer to determine if they are real or not real. I call this the same side selling harsh honesty framework. Question number one, what problem is that client trying to solve that your solution addresses? Now, don't get caught describing what your solution is. What I want you to think of is, in their words, not in your words, in their words, what's the problem that's the catalyst for them even looking for a solution? So if you're somebody who's selling enterprise software, I promise that the problem they're solving is not that they need more enterprise software. You have to think about what's their underlying problem that they're trying to solve that your solution addresses. And it has to be in their words, not your words. And if the answer is, I don't know what it is in their words, then that's a gap that we need to fill in. Question number two, what happens, once again in their words, if they don't solve that problem? Meaning, what's the consequence of them not solving that problem? So, for example, if we get back to that enterprise software side and someone says, well, the problem is that they can't maintain this efficiency in their operation, then you have to ask yourself, well, so what happens if they don't solve that efficiency problem? What happens if they don't overcome that inefficiency? Are they going to lose market share? Are they going to lose time to market? Are they not going to get enough products to market? Those are the types of questions that we have to be able to address in their words. Because if we believe it and they don't, it doesn't count. Question number three, how likely is it that this isn't addressed six months from now? Meaning, What's the likelihood that six months down the road, they still haven't done anything about this? Now, this is a tough question because we often want to say, well, it's, it's never going to happen. But if you've been talking to somebody, let's say, for six months, 
What if I had asked you that question six months ago? Are you giving an honest assessment? Because if the problem's big enough, people will actually address it. If it's not that big of a problem, it might just be that we're more interested in selling than they are in solving. Question number four, who has to believe in the problem and your solution in order for this to move forward? This should be one or a small number of individuals. So once again, who has to believe in the problem and your solution in order for this to move forward? We need to make sure that we identify that person by name. Now here's a tough one. Question five, zero to 10, how likely is it that the person in question feels strongly in favor of your solution? So if you've had a direct conversation, they say, man, we really want to go with you. I just got to get my team on board. Then you can give that a nine or a 10. But if you don't know who that person is or you're not quite sure where they stand, then guess what? It's probably not that high of a number. And it's okay because, once again, this is the harsh honesty framework. It's not intended to give you the best, most optimistic view. You're trying to get realism introduced into this. Question number six, what is their most likely alternative? Now, I want you to think about what their alternatives are. And if status quo or do nothing, if neither of those comes up as an option, then why not? Because in most cases, organizations lose to we didn't do anything or we maintain the status quo. So just think through that and say, well, gee, would they do it internally? Would they do it themselves? Would they have someone, one of your competitors do it? Would they just do absolutely nothing at all? And then question seven, what else might make this a lower priority for them? Meaning what else might get in the way of your opportunity that they would then say, well, we're going to put this on the back burner. Your project goes on the back burner because this other thing is a higher priority. So these seven questions make up the same side selling harsh honesty framework. If you capture honest answers to these questions, you'll quickly appreciate which opportunities are real and which ones aren't. And just for sport, keep track of this framework and report back on those opportunities over the coming weeks or months and let me know how accurately they predicted the outcome for those opportunities. So I'll give you a quick recap of the seven questions. Question number one, what problem is the client trying to solve that your solution addresses? Question two, what happens if they don't solve it? Question three, how likely is it that this isn't addressed six months from now? Question four, who has to believe in the problem and your solution in order for this to move forward? Question five, zero to ten, how likely is it that the person in question feels strongly in favor of your solution? Question six, what's their most likely alternative? And don't forget the status quo is an option. And question seven, what else might make this a lower priority for them? If you follow this framework, yeah, it's a little bit harsh, but you're going to get to the truth, which is what effective selling is all about. Remember, this show gets the direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you think I should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. And if you have not checked out the Same Side Selling Academy, visit samesidesellingacademy.com as it is launching in Q1 and would love to have you there. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer. Bye now.